What is up, mi gente? This is Luis Martinez, your co-host of Mi Gente Show, and this episode is titled, What's the Scuttlebutt? I sat down to talk with Ro from the Scarif Talk Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast. They are part of the Red 5 Network, which is a network of interconnected podcasts that are mostly Star Wars-based, movie-based, geeky stuff-based. And we talked about ongoing news in the world, as well as what it takes to start a podcast, a network of podcasts, and a bunch of Star Wars stuff. Sophia was on vacation in a warm part of Mexico, so it's just me. And at the end, I do give a meaningful message about the wishes for the new year and thanking everybody, so stay tuned for that. It is a short episode. We do have a bracket bit at the end. This is a twin episode, as it will be a Mi Gente Show and Fireside Chats episode. But I wanted to also thank you guys for listening. Make sure you leave a like, a follow, a subscription, a rating. All those things are very valuable to us, but they are free to you. So go ahead and do that now. And as always, Merry New Year and enjoy the pod. I hope everybody's having a good holiday season. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to everybody. Um, if you're on vacation, hope you guys are enjoying it. If you're taking some time off work, I'm hoping you're having some time with family, getting ready for the big weekend end of the year, nothing much gets done. So I put out the bad signal, the podcast signal today. And I said, Hey, I feel like streaming today. I was supposed to take the week off and who answers, but our friends from the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast row coming on. Thanks for coming in as a Hail Mary guest. (laughs) Always a pleasure hanging out, talking burrito stuff, talking burrito stuff. Uh, Should we call you row? Is that, is that what you prefer to go by? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's uh, you know, when uh, growing up, um, nobody can pronounce uh, Rogelio, Rogelio, let alone roll roll the R. So I just said, you know what, Gringos, let's make it easy. Those first two letters, just go by that. Go by that. <laughs> um, the I, it reminds me when I was um one of one of the many jobs I had when I was growing up in New York was we worked on Madison Avenue, at this uh like fancy Italian shoe store for Telly Rossetti. And uh, my friend Javier worked there with me, right? And uh, the white lady that ran it uh, used to call him Avier. And <laughs> it's French, <laughs> which, I thought, which I thought was the best. Was be like Avier? Could you go and uh, go ahead and get this Avier? Do that. So I've always thought that was the peak. That's hilarious. Yeah, the that, J is silent. Yeah, why not? Something, something like that. <laughs> Um, so I don't, I don't, um, we haven't done fire chat chats in a while and, and I do, um, want to talk a little bit uh, about what's going on in the world, but I wanted to jump in and kind of talk about where you got your start. I know that you work uh, you day job, you work in news and you, you, you work with all these, the, the red five network, a bunch of these different, uh, uh, star Wars kind of theme podcasts, but where did you get your start in terms of like, um, you know, an orator or communicator, did, did you always have like a gift of gab? Was it, was it something that you, that you figured out you were into or were you always passionate about something like this? Well, I don't know if I have the gift of gab. I just like talking and hearing my own voice, I guess. Right. <laughs> but okay. no, you know, um, as far as the podcast goes, I mean, I've always, I think um, I remember telling my wife, you know, it'd be funny if I started a podcast and just talked about star Wars, but, but did it drunk. And, um, uh, that didn't happen because I, I, I get, uh, I think I'm, I'm not a very good drunk. So, uh, I had to scale it back a little bit. And, um, you know, when, when Star Wars Celebration came to Chicago in 2019, uh, my, uh, buddy, uh, Brad and I started the podcast and I went to, uh, McCormick place here in Chicago, started interviewing people 
um, I grabbed a, uh, a recorder and just started uh, hanging out with some nerds and getting some interviews. And that's kind of where it started. Um, but as far as, uh, you know, having worked in news for a really, really long time, I guess through some sort of weird osmosis, I was able to kind of absorb some, I don't know, some pointers, some tips uh, from the reporters and the uh, some of my colleagues that I work with. So, but it's, you know, it's, it's just fun. It's been fun, you know, the last uh, couple of years with the podcast, learning about other people's points of view on, on movies and, and life. And it's, it's just, it's been a blast. I often, because, um, you know, I, I, I worked in sales and in customer support and as a trainer for, for about 10, 10, 12 years before I, you know, and I still sort of work in that area. But before I realized that I wasn't really following my dream, which was filmmaking. And as a trainer, people teaching people, coaching people, managing people. I always say that I managed and trained probably over like four or five thousand people over that time because it was a pretty hectic call center. I was learning um, how to be a better director because, you know, you could quickly sort of meet somebody, figure out how to motivate them, how to get them to work for you, different types of personalities and stuff like that. So I didn't even realize I was working the shitty ass job, something I was really good at, but had zero passion for. So there is that, there is that like, even whatever, whatever road you are in your life there, you are learning Absolutely. a skill set, a skill set that's going to help you down the line. Right. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Especially when you're dealing with people, cause you know, you uh, grow up and you start your career, whatever that is, you, you still have to deal with people. And I think every, every job kind of uh, sets the stage for you to, you know, pick, pick a couple things that you learn on the way to, uh, to becoming an adult. Absolutely. You grew up on, I uh, grew up in Chicago. Were you a big time Bulls fan? Is that kind of where you were at? Um, I grew up in Chicago. I am not a sports guy at all, but I have been to the best games you know cubs bears michael jordan sammy sosa i've i've been everywhere um but like i said i i'm not really a sports guy so not really my thing no no i mean i mean obviously you know new york chicago they got a big rivalry and stuff like that chicago the 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 goat the greatest of all time for for entry music for lineup was chicago uh mid to late 90s though that uh that that's that sandy that that music and i don't know where they found it but it's been emul it's been trying to imitate it but never duplicate it in terms of yeah. like that that passion that that was there as a Knicks fan i know it too well i it, it meant that <laughs> it meant it meant pain was coming yeah that's funny <laughs> My prediction, pain. Um, <laughs> and then how did you join, like, the? how did the Red 5 Network get together? Did you, was it just uh, you, different people that sort of connected, and or was there already something established that you joined, or how did that whole process begin for you? No, um, my, uh, the original co-host of, uh, well, he's original, but he's still around uh, every so often, but Brad and I started the Red 5 Network. We wanted to um, kind of collaborate with, other content creators that uh, had, you know, similar likes. And um, we started out with 10 podcasts um, and we're, I think we're at 37 now, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of a cool thing. We help each other. We support each other. We promote each other. 
And I think, uh, you know, I, I don't think there's enough of that on social media. You know, it's all about me, 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 my likes, my clicks, my follows. And I like to see friends succeed. So uh, that is uh, partly why the Red 5 Network exists. Is there a limit to the niche of a podcast that like what would be the most niche star wars podcast that, that you guys have that, that, that you're associated with like is there well i mean like- you know not all of us are 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 just star wars i mean there are you know just regular movie reviews um okay. but as far as you know some of the content creators that are not um star wars related um there's um what do you call it uh magic the gathering cards okay. Um, that, uh, you know, they talk about games and stuff like that. Dungeons and Dragons play, um, you know, anything that has to do with our, you know, geek environment, um, nerd stuff, whether it's movies, uh, TV shows, uh, you know, science fiction, fantasy, whatever. Um, you'll probably find one of our podcasts that uh, would interest you. That's awesome. Um, You know, so well, you got to get jumped in or something. How do I get an invite? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I got to I got to show up on the south side for my for my jump in. That's what's that's what's out on the street. That's what's out on the street. Did you um, can can you uh, give me just a little insight? Um, because I have a, f- a few friends that work local news here, and um, I know a couple of f- uh, female. Uh, reporters and they get they get hassled a lot when they're going to cover stuff do, do you um, how do you feel that um the i guess the temperature or the the response to seeing news teams on the street has changed over like the last five years do you do you, do you notice it is it noticeable to you is it not affect you that much in the midwest or oh hell yeah um i think it got worse when uh our previous president started with the fake news stuff and uh all that stuff you know we um we get bottles thrown at us um people yell at us uh i love you know fucking the fake news crap really bugs the hell out of me but um yeah i mean it's i think it's just uh i don't know i I, I, know, with it um yeah um, it's, you know, it, it's died down obviously since, um, we got a new president. It's not as prevalent, um, as, as it was when he was, you know, in office, but, uh, yeah, we used to get, we used to get a lot of stuff and I don't know about your friends, but like I said, it has died down a little bit. Yeah. I don't, you don't, I don't hear as much from them anymore about it happening, yeah. but I know that, 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 the, that the temperature got turned up way high there for a little bit. Like, sure. Yeah. It was, you couldn't, you like, look, it's a. They're opening up a shoe store. Well, you don't you don't need to. It's not that serious. Yeah, it's, it's, right. It's yeah, I mean, news. we were covering we were covering a funeral for a young man that was shot, and some people came up to us. Fake news. I'm like, what? It's it's a funeral. What's fake about this? What are you talking about? So it's just you know, it's unfortunately it's ignorant people that don't know what the business is and what it what we do. Um, that's that's uh, some of it. But it is what it is. Mm. Uh, and I got that. I got asked this question, so I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it out to you. I got asked this question when I was on um, a friend's podcast the other day. We were talking mostly World Cup, but they did it. They asked me for um, 
my top five Star Wars properties. Um, okay. Does that change for you often? Are they pretty much like rock solid? Are you an original trilogy guy? Like uh, no matter what or, or how, how has that evolved for you um, specifically since you started podcasting about it? Well, obviously, yeah, the original trilogy is, uh, you know, the gold standard for us uh, older guys. But, you know, since more Star Wars is coming out, you know, you have to kind of, you know, watch it and weigh it and assess it as it as it comes, um, you know, forever. You know, I think the top place movie for me is The Empire Strikes Back. And then you've got, uh, you know, later in the years, you've got Rogue One. And then, you know, Andor, for me, those are like the three top Star Wars um, IP, you know, properties, I guess, or, or projects in, in the Star Wars litany of, of things. Um, but, you know, I mean, you know, everybody, everybody's ratings changes. Um, mine don't change that much. Like if I hate something, I'm just going to, you know, I don't like it. I'm not going to change my mind, you know, two, two years later, at least not drastically. Um, I love something. You know, I feel like I'm pretty um, loyal to the stuff that I really enjoy. So I'm not going to, you know, I, I, you know, that's 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 my take. I, I think uh, right. my my list doesn't change with my mood. Uh, it's pretty rock solid, <coughs> as you said. So, yeah, I think uh, mine was uh, those were the same. Those were my top three. I think it was uh, Rogue One is number one for me. Empire number two and or number three. And then um, A New Hope is in there. Sure. Uh, um, return is not necessarily, I think, you know, not my favorite. And mm -hmm. I think Solo gets a lot of hate, but I don't hate it. Um, sure. But um, do you have what's your what's your what's your hot take? What's the what's the one thing that you like that most people don't or or, or, or your Star Wars like the hot take that gets you uh, burnt? Um, yeah, you know, I think I have a hotter take for um, Indiana Jones. Like a lot of people really dislike um, Indiana Jones and the uh, kingdom of the crystal skull. Really? And um, I don't think it's, I don't think it's super bad. I, I don't think it deserves the hate that it gets. I think there's a lot of things in that movie. Um, I love the fact that Karen Allen returned as uh, Marion and uh, her performance with Harrison Ford um, are just, uh, it's fantastic. So I think there's a lot in there that, yeah, it's kind of a little bit odd, but um, push comes to shove. It's uh, it's not that serious, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's not that serious. Are you <clears throat> are you excited for the de-aged, de-aging? Yeah. I know you, I know you had yeah, some people comment on that on, on right. the episode. So I'm a big technology guy. I love pushing the envelope forward when it comes to storytelling and filmmaking. Obviously, George Lucas and Industrial Light and Magic have done it forever. You've got, you know, all the behind the scenes people that talk about, you know, everything that they do to to push the 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 I guess the the craft of filmmaking and the behind the scenes and the special effects. And I love all that stuff. Um, am I excited uh, about the de-aging. Yes, I am. I think we saw a little bit of it. Obviously, we saw it in Rogue One. Mm -hmm. um, we started to see, uh, uh, you know, more of it with uh, the Mandalorian when they brought Luke Skywalker back into the mix. 
Um, Book of Boba Fett had a Luke Skywalker episode uh, for whatever reason, and that looked a, you know a lot better than the previous one. So you've got tiers of of how stuff looks, and obviously we're getting better and better as uh, you know uh, time and money and research are putting uh, are put into the uh, the effects. So I'm um, I'm looking forward to seeing how they include a young Indiana Jones into the story because, you know, each Indiana Jones starts out with a kind of a flashback, you know, scene with him younger or whatever. So, you know, I'm looking forward to this. Anytime that, uh, you know, an original trilogy actor is uh, put on stage or in a movie, um, you know, I'm I'm gung ho. How did you feel about uh, like the Irishman? Um, for me, it was, was just fine. seeing that like seventy-year-old De Niro. Like, I don't. The, the, it wasn't so much that the aging; it was more the movement yeah. of the actor because De Niro yeah, supposed heard to be that. playing like a thirty, and he was like kicking the guy, but he looked like he was about to like fall over sure. stuff like that. Yeah, I, 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 I've heard that. Um, I don't know if it was distracting. I mean, the 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 movie was certainly long, but I think sometimes you know sometimes I do get distracted with the the visuals when I watch a movie. I watch it in several different ways. First of all, you take in the experience and then second, you know, when you go back into it, um, that's when I start to take a look at special effects. Um, I'm, I'm a behind the scenes weirdo. I'll take a look at the editing. I'll take a look at how they mix the sound and the music, um, all that stuff. So, um, yeah, but I've heard that, uh, the distraction of, uh, of the special effects because they used, you know, the the old guys they just kind of just de-aged their faces which uh was a little distracting but i mean i always say why don't I just get a just i mean we're supposed to be suspending disbelief as it is so i mean mm-hmm. can we just get somebody that looks like de niro or somebody sure. that can do the de niro face and yeah. then just kind of go from there yeah. um i i always i i look i i count setups when i'm watching movies sometimes just mm, as a yeah. filmmaker because I'll, I'll they'll i'll just be like okay how many cuts is are there in the scene yeah. Oh, okay. They they set up a a wide shot, an overhead shot, two separate close-ups, and they did this insert of this table. And okay, I'm like nine, ten, eleven. Man, that's a lot of setups for this little yeah. ninety seconds of conversation they had. Sure. Sometimes I'll uh, watch something with my wife, and I'm like, you know, after like I don't know a four minute shot, I'm like, damn, that was one shot. And my wife is like, what? And I'm like, oh, I, I forgot. I'm I'm talking to a regular person. Do you do you have a do you have like a, um, a top director or or top few directors that 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 are your go tos? You know, I I don't. Um, you know, I love uh, Anton Fuqua, but as far as like a a, a director that you know, because each director's got like his own his or own his or her own thing. Um, so I I really don't have a like a top director like my favorite. Like if it, if it's cool if they do something innovative, um, you know I'll be like, oh, that's that's awesome, and then I'll look them up. What's the um, what's the highest Star Wars film that would be just in your overall cinema? Like like if you had like a top ten films overall, how how high would Empire get on that list? Is it does it make top three, top five, or or do you have other films as, that would be there? As far as what, as in like obviously Empire would be your number one in a in a Star Wars universe kind of only movies, but when compared to like all cinema, like, you know, oh, like okay. 
do you, does it does it make also the top three, top five, or or are there other movies? I don't know, Heat, Godfather, anything like that. That you know. Yeah, that's it's actually a great question. Um, man, there is so much out there. I mean, I think maybe The Empire Strikes Back would still be in a top ten at least. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's um, I might have to jot that down and uh, and tease it out a little more with uh, with my crew because that's an awesome question. Hmm. Hey, there you go. Um, yeah, I mean, my top ten changes continuously. So yeah, yeah I, I understand. Like one day it'd be like you know. Ed Wood or Edward Scissorhands are always in the mix. Obviously, The Godfather, Heat, you know, Goodfellas are always in people's lists. Sometimes I feel like it's almost like cheeky to put them in your list because obviously it's like, oh, no, you love The Godfather? It's so much that, you know, it's almost becoming more, you know, to, to not put it on there. But then there's other, like, uh, smaller movies like a Basquiat or a 13 Assassins or a bunch of other stuff that I have that, that I just kind of – and then there's movies that you rewatch that I find myself watching over and over. Like I, I watched Moneyball again the other day, and I've watched it probably mm. five times in the last two years because <clears throat> it's a very comforting film. Sure. You know, even though I'm not a huge Sorkin fan, I do think that that there's movies that we put on that that just sort of what did I just rewatch Baby Driver the other day that I thought was that I was like I hadn't seen this in a couple of years. So so many yeah. movies out there. It's so much fun to be a film fan, you know. Absolutely. Film, filmmaker for that. Um how do you land on, um, you know, let's talk a little bit about kind of the, the debates that are happening now. Um, biggest debate sort of end of the year would be AI art. You know, about six weeks ago, everybody started putting up these profile pictures on Instagram and Facebook that were all generated or curated by AI art. And uh, people loved it. I think Lenza was one of the major things. There's also been AI art. There's also AI coming to script writing, to content creation, um, for sales and for other things. Uh, so then it comes out that a lot of these AI machines are being fed uh, art by people that did not um, agree to it. There's artists that pass away that get their art fed into it. There's artists that just get their art stolen. There's obviously artists that can't consent, you know, Picasso, Van Gogh, that get their art put into it. Um, to create these sort of beautiful images. Some of them are haunting. Some of them are a little scary that a machine could, could recreate what humans have tried to do. And, you know, it, it learns your brush strokes. I don't think it could create everything that a, that a, that a, that a human mind could, but it is, it is incredibly close and it does make some stunning Im images. So the more people looked into it, there was a little bit of backlash, like no AI, some mm -hmm. artists are steering into it. I've seen applications where for filmmakers, it could help you with the process of storyboarding, for example, uh, and can make that a lot cheaper for you. So, you know, as both a critic, a podcaster, and also somebody who, who enjoys um, <clears throat> film, where do you in art, where, where do you fall? So I think, you know, as technology progresses, there's going to be different uh, a different set of tools for <clears throat> things that people need to do. Um, you know, as far as, you know, obviously stealing someone's work and feeding it into an AI generator to generate something of your own, I think is kind of a, a douchey thing to do. Um, but, uh, you know, again, you know, feeding material in to improve or help you with, uh, with storyboards for film. I think that's, 
I think that's okay. I mean, if that's the only way you can do it, I know, uh, you know, people are, are, people would say, well, you're, you know, you're, um, you're eliminating the, the opportunity for a storyboard artist to, to create work. Um, and that, you know, that's true in a sense, but if you can't pay that storyboard artist, he's not going to he or, or she's not going to work yeah. for free. So you still need to get a storyboard done. Um, it's, it's interesting and it's interesting in the times that we, we live in. Um, but, um, I don't know. I think again, because I'm such a, 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 a proponent of technology and I'm fascinated by all this stuff that people use. I mean, growing up, we didn't have, uh, you know, these cell phones in our pockets. We didn't have the ability to, you know, create movies on, on our cell phones if we wanted to, like kids do nowadays. Um, yeah, you can send somebody to know, the moon with the, te- with the technology in their cell phones, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's it's nuts. And um, I think as, as humans, we have to be able to use that technology, I think, uh, responsibly. But as far as the art goes, I don't know, you know. I haven't I haven't actually done any AI so I don't know what the mechanics are of it you know how do you feed information into it what what does it do so I'm not uh, too familiar with uh, with the actual process but it's you know it's interesting I think as long as you know what the tool is and you're not trying to pull the wool over somebody's eyes um, I would say you know go for it cautiously okay well I mean I think it's interesting because you you know you said you're 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 pro uh, advancements in technology, so it is kind of interesting to, to get your take on on how far you would willing to go with that. Um, I do think that, I mean, yeah, there's the you're taking a job away from somebody, but you're right. Some of those people were never going to get a job because some filmmakers and some artists just don't have the money to hire a storyboard artist. You know, sure. somebody like myself, it, I if I have to decide between hiring a storyboard artist or um, you know, crafty and feeding my team better than just seven 11 pizzas. I'll probably go with the better food. You know, that's kind of an right. indie filmmaker thing. Uh, feeds your people. Well, if you're not paying them. Um, so, and I would rather just, if I could do one of the two, I'd rather just do stick figure storyboarding, which I've done in sure. the past. So if yeah. I can use a tool, but I also think that, that, that we need consent from the artists and, and some understanding because I, the way it's working now is you, you, you pick an engine and you basically are like, all right, do my profile picture, picture, but make it like Victorian age or make it Picasso. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like uh, I did. One, I, I was playing around and I was like two dogs on the beach in the sunset. And it's like a Keith Haring meets a Jean-Michel Basquiat painting or something like that. And it's sunset and you have to be like super descriptive, et cetera, et cetera. Huh. Um, so I just think it's interesting to, to get people's opinion on it. Um, I, I mean, I think you can't stop it. I think it's going right. to come one, one way or another, but, you know, hopefully by the time it's here, the, the, there's, there's a more, I guess, ethical way to do it. Sure. Yeah. I d- and like I said, I think we, you know, as we use this technology, as it's, uh, it comes forth, I think we just have to be responsible in how we use those tools like anything in life, I guess. Mm, absolutely. Uh, live here with Ro from the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast, part of the Red 5 Network. You can find them anywhere. I've been a guest on the live stream and on the podcast when we were talking about Andor. Uh, what were your uh, sort of 
uh, end of season thoughts and consensus from from the crew about how you guys felt that 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 the season ended for you? Um, everybody's excited. You know, we I know we have to wait uh, what two years for season two of Andor, but I think um, I think they did a great job in um, in telling the story. Um, you know, the, the season ender, uh, you know, they, they, they brought really all the characters, you know, back to, uh, tie up their loose ends and maybe set up some things for, uh, for stuff that's, uh, coming in the future. So, you know, I, I, um, I've called Andor top tier star Wars, and I think, um, I'm going to stick to those guns because it is beyond anything that we've seen on the small screen when it comes to star Wars, it is a different animal altogether uh, because of the cinematics, because of the um, the acting, the performances of the actors. It doesn't feel like a kid's show. And, no. you know, I don't want to say that Star Wars is for kids, but lately a lot of the small screen Star Wars has been watered down and dumbed down to a certain level that, I think, you know, fans might be getting tired of and uh, the, you know, we're at the precipice of, of entertainment when it comes sorry. to Star Wars. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is that the magic word? <coughs> sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Grogu. Uh, no. Yeah. And there's, there's, there's no, there's no uh, product placement. There's no uh, get your and or toys. Right. Right. Just tell a good story. And it has been, you know, just phenomenal. It has been exceptional the way that they laid this out. Uh, nobody's got daddy issues. There's no cute aliens, uh, you know, crying for daddy, whatever. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's my story. I like, um, I mean, I called it the the Breaking Bad of the Star, not the Breaking Bad, the Better Call Saul of the Star Wars universe, you know, if you, oh, yeah. you know, consider sure. it like a prequel to, to, to Rogue One and uh, that's kind of like this self-contained story, um, and also it's an immigrant story as well. So there's so many sure. there's so many great aspects to it. If, if like I said, like I, I said on your if what you like about Star and what I heard somebody say on your podcast actually is if you if what you like about Star Wars is lightsabers and random sure. aliens walking in the background and sitting in chairs and stuff like that, then that is then then it's not for you. If you want a human story set in a Star Wars universe. With you know, and it's it's wink wink nudge nudge. It's not like solo, which even though I didn't hate, it's like hey, we didn't really give a fuck why the dice got there. We didn't we didn't we didn't care why <laughs> yeah. we didn't care. You know, and then when Solo has his like Godfather two at Ellis Island moment, oh, you don't have any people. You're solo. Like we didn't. You don't need right. to know everything. You yeah. don't have to be too tongue in cheek, right? We don't need yeah. a backstory yeah. for every single thing. Too much fan service, sure. right? Sure. Yeah, you know, we talk about fan service on the show a lot. You know, we say, you know, if you're not going to service the fans, then why the hell are you doing the the, the movie or why are you doing the project? But, you know, at, 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 I guess at a certain point, you know, uh, excessive fan service does come off as patronizing to a point. And, um, you know, Andor is different. It, it They said before they were going to start the show, they said that there's not going to be a lot of fan service. You're not going to get, you know, cameos. We're not going to see this guy in the background that was in the can Creature Cantina, whatever. So, you know, but we did get some really great, uh, you know, elements of connective tissue 
with this galaxy in a far, far, you know, this galaxy far, far away. There were certain aspects of of the story and Andor that kind of ties it together with the rest of, of Star Wars. And I think they did it in a way that wasn't too in your face. And I loved that. I loved it. What is um what how are you spending um how do you how do you how do you spend your not your time sort of waiting for for the next season in terms of content do you just move on to the next mandalorian show do you guys cover everything going on or no you, you know we, step back? yeah we um we'll do i you know there's what's coming out next mandalorian season three we got bad batch we got uh ahsoka coming soon um skeleton crew <clears throat> you know there's a lot of star wars coming so we're not going to have uh you know we're, we're going to be okay as far as uh content uh reviewing or whatever you know we we did the andor show weekly um a review of the andor show weekly on saturdays on the show but we're probably not going to do a, you know every episode for the next star wars coming up we'll probably just pick and choose but you know, we uh, we like talking about other stuff too, so uh, we'll uh, we'll pick and choose our topics as well. Um, I think the first show of the year uh, on our show, we're going to be talking about uh, the top your top five weapons of mass destruction that are not the Death Star in uh, movies and and sci-fi. Top five weapons of mass destruction that are not the Death Star. That are from fiction, though, right? Not from right. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. From fiction, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Like movies or comics, uh, novels. So you know, people are. There's a couple of people that have already kind of submitted their stuff. They're talking about Infinity Gauntlet, Stormbreaker, Tesseract, uh, the Dakara super weapon from Stargate. So all, all, uh, all sorts of the uh, fun stuff that uh, that we can talk about from you know different properties. The Genesis device from Star Trek. You know, the stuff uh, like that. the little the the high pressure thing from uh, No Country from All Men that Anton Shigur carries around that that's a bad motherfucker. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the forty five from uh, <laughs> Dirty Harry. No, Dirty kidding. Harry. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, that's good, man. You're keeping yourself busy. Um, obviously, I, obviously, I met you through Twitter, and um, I believe that. Um, that there's a lot of stuff happening on Twitter right now. Obviously, everybody's uh, aware, um, you know, that the the new man baby in charge is uh, <laughs> apartheid. Elon is in charge now. Um, have you? Um, my feelings on on the whole thing was that, you know, because I, I I and I've I, I've I've been giving nothing but shit to um, a lot of my friends on on Facebook because they went out of their way to you know, announce that I just, you know, screenshotting themselves, deleting Twitter. And I was like, oh. I never, I never saw you on there. Like you, what, what do you, <laughs> when, when did, when did you retweet something or when did I see you on there? Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of virtue signaling about it. In my opinion, you curate your own experience. Twitter is one of the few social media sites uh, that would not, you know, you post a YouTube video to, to, to you going live on Facebook or Instagram, they're like, no, 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 we're going to mute this as much as possible. You know, Twitter doesn't give a fuck. You know, they're just like, yeah, you know, what have you, you know, at least that's how it always used to be. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of the people that said they were going to leave were either virtue signaling or just sort of allies, people that, you know, that were, that, that are the first to sort of 
be like, oh, you should be offended by this or something like that, right? Um, have you, has it changed much for you? Uh, do you still feel that it's a valuable tool for you as a, as a content creator, as a, as an artist? I absolutely do. I don't think you said something earlier. You said you curate your own experience and you definitely do because, uh, you know, I joke around. I'm like, I I'm on Twitter for star Wars and cat pictures. That's it. <laughs> you know, but yeah, you absolutely do curate your own stuff. If you're into a certain something, I'm sure your timeline is going to be filled with that crap. But, um, you know, you interact with the people that you want to interact with, uh, you know, ask questions or do likes or whatever. And, um, you know, the the rest kind of falls in, in place. I know a couple of accounts that left once uh, Elon Musk um, announced. And, uh, you know, to me, it's like, you know, I don't care who owns Twitter because it's yeah. not really affecting my bottom line at all. Um, again, you know, I think... Uh, Twitter is not real life. And I think what matters is, is out here in, in the real world. Um, you know, you can volunteer and, you know, play your role in activism or whatever, and you'll be fine. But I, you know, it's, I don't know. It's, uh, it's kind of silly, you know, every, and everybody's claim clamoring, you know, before Elon Musk was, was the, the head honcho over there, you know, people were lambasting and attacking people for having blue check marks and calling them names and shit. And now every uh, everyone wants a, a blue check mark. It's like, well, weren't you um, your blue check mark? Yeah, uh, weren't you pronouns in the bio? Yeah, it's like, come on, <laughs> double standard. Just be who you are and be true to that, and stop waffling around. This is so fucking ridiculous. Yeah, one of the things that I that I that I love the most about just existence and, and being, uh, and I consider myself like a, a leftist, a left leaning sort of social democrat, but I, I don't trust any party, and I hate the DNC mostly because of what they did to Bernie. Uh, but I always think it's hilarious, and I and I'm and I love the gray area. I love I lo I, I love the thick hypocrisy when you know, left and right switch sides on an issue and then just oh. continue to act like it's a, you know, it's like, we love Tesla. It's the future. It's like, wow, we hate Tesla. I can't buy another Tesla. He's <laughs> like, oh, oh, we, we should definitely, you know, like when the, the Supreme Court thing, you should definitely be able to nominate, you know, in your life. No, we should definitely not. Okay, we're switching sides now because it yeah. benefits me. So we're all hypocrites yeah. at some level. Sure. Yeah, it's just, it's just ridiculous. You don't know where your pancake's going to be landing from day to day. Yeah, and absolutely, you said it as well. It's just you, cur uh, you know, you, in terms of curating your experience, um, I've, I've, I've gotten interviews. Uh, I've been able to guest on podcasts through Twitter. I found uh, a great Latino community of, of filmmakers, writers. Uh, I've, 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 I found movies for the San Diego Latino Film Festival that I work with. I've done, I've gotten so much from it. And so when I see these people that are virtue signaling and saying I'm leaving when they never really were participating in it and they just want right. to go live in their little Facebook and Instagram mm -hmm. bubbles where they just get the same stuff re regurgitated to them. I just think it's I just think it's hilarious. And yeah, and absolutely. I, I, I post an update every couple of days here. I'm like for you, virtual signals that list. This is what's happening on Twitter. It is a shit show. <laughs> it is, this, the blue check marks have become the, the having a blue uh, having no check mark is the new blue check mark. <laughs> and uh, 
and comedy was legal for about three days. And then uh, you weren't able to post Linktree for like four hours and now you can't right. again. Yeah. And so it's- that whole thing was ridiculous. It's like, he's making this shit as he goes along and, and yeah. to a, a company that, that posts their terms of service like one term at a time it's so fucking ridiculous yeah oh man it pissed me and off. based on a whim it's yeah it's almost like yeah i mean we're we're seeing in real time a billionaire who thinks he knows everything realize why a business was run the way it was it was like oh you right. mean i just can't let everybody say everything with zero moderation because that's a bad <laughs> idea because our advertisers are going to leave okay so yeah. and he says you know what the new rule is you can hate speech, but it's going to get, oh, you mean the, the same way it was where it wasn't getting amplified? And yeah. so so I think that's all hilarious. But hey, man, like yeah. I said, Twitter's done a lot for me. All Facebook has done is get me laid. So <laughs> I'm, it's what I'm saying is it's close. <laughs> you got to weigh your pros and cons. Yeah. You gotta weigh the, uh, what I'm saying is Facebook's still a little bit ahead if we're talking about those <laughs> those categories there. Um, I wanted to talk about one more thing and then I want to do a bit with you because I know it's later for you. So I'll let you go in a second. But I did. I do want to thank you for coming on last second because it's cool to, to, oh, get absolutely. to do a little Lots of fun. Lots of fun. Um, I wanted to ask you um, about uh, your favorite Christmas movies. Now, there's always this conversation about what is and what isn't a Christmas movie. I, I have a couple of examples here of my favorite of, of those, which would be I got my. My Hans Gruber here from from Die Hard, sure. obviously, yeah, because right? that's a big conversation. And then my favorite Christmas movie at all time. I don't know if it qualifies, but my Santa Lewis from Trading Places. All I've always right. wanted to do that costume there myself with the with the salmon and the beard. I think that's one of the a classic. Uh, and of course, Up in Smoke. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just have that one there. Um, but, you know, Home Alone, uh, is it a Christmas movie or does it just take place during Christmas? Obviously, Miracle on 34th Street, uh, you know, you poke your eye sure. out, all this other stuff. What what, yeah. what are some, do you have uh, some standards, some go-to every seasons? Yeah, you know, um, one of uh, the movies that I find myself going back to during this time of the year is uh, Edward Scissorhands. I love that. And, um, you know, it's such a, he's such a, a, an interesting character, odd character. And, uh, you know, I, I love the director's work as well, but, uh, you know, the, the fact too, that, you know, Vincent Price is in it. And, um, I think, uh, it actually might be his last, his final performance on screen, if I'm not correct, if I'm not mm-hmm. uh, mistaken, but yeah, Edward Scissorhands is such a, such a, a different movie. It's a little scary at times, but it's got a lot of heart. And um, I think there's uh, there's a lot of emotion in, in that film. And uh, I think I, I would pick that one. I think that's a, I think that's a good choice. There's also a Christmas story with they're going to do a, a sequel of our guest uh, now. Oh, wow. There's uh there's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good uh, Scrooge nightmare before Christmas. Yeah. This is a good one too. Um, but I do, I do, I do love Ed Wood. I love uh, Tim Burton as well. Uh, yeah. Ed Wood, uh, I mean, I love Tim Burton. Ed Wood is probably my favorite film of his, um, because I'm a big Ed Wood fan myself mm-hmm. in terms cool. of niche stuff like yeah. that. All right, yeah, and then also, you know, like I said, Trading Places, <clears throat> it's not Trading Places, is not a Christmas movie, but there are scenes that take place during Christmas and New Year's, so sure. It's 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 like the thing, you know. Die Hard is an action movie, but it's also, oh yeah, <laughs> Die Hard Christmas movie or no? Uh yeah. Okay. All right. Absolutely. 
This Bad Santa. That's a good one. Bad Santa. That's a good one. Yeah. Well, it's an adult comedy set during Christmas. I guess if you want to just get really anal about it, it's like a Christmas movie needs to take place during Christmas. It's got to involve some sort of miracle or some sort of like issue. Transformation. Transformation, realizing bad to good, something like that uh, and stuff like that to make it a Christmas movie. Otherwise, it's a movie set during Christmas. But, you know, like you said, don't take it so seriously, man. You just got (laughs) to whatever people go with the flow. I just like to remind people that we are. On a giant rock floating through an infinite space, <laughs> surrounded by, we're just a little tiny pebble on the largest beach you can imagine. Yeah, we don't know where it started, where we're going, or when it's going to end. So, it's not that serious. Relax. Live your live your life. Live your life. Love the people you're with. Make some art. Do stuff that's good for humanity. Make yourself happy. Be good to others. Not that big of a deal. All right. Yeah. All right. And before I let you go, Ro, and then I'm gonna. Do a little solo here. Talk about a couple of things um, before I before I sign off. But before I let you go, there's something that I haven't been able to do in a while. Okay. And that I do when I do fireside chats. <sighs> and that's something that I like to call the bracket bit. Bracket bit. That's hot. That's hot. That's what's hot on the streets. <laughs> it is toward the end of the interview. That means I can light up because I don't have to remember my questions anymore. And I can do my very favorite segment on the show, which is called Bracket Bit. The Bracket Bit is created across maximum pain. We have Ro, Scarab Scuttlebutt, Red 5 Network, Star Wars podcast. I think if I was going to do a podcast for the for the for 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 Red 5, I would I would focus on, I don't know, or maybe like the jazz band from Space Jazz. Maybe like the, the the space jazz review hour with Lou. We're talking about reviewing nice. the mu- the music of Star Wars. All right. Um, so nice. obviously we're going to do Star Wars related bracket bit here. I'm going to give you two choices. You tell me which move on. It's NCAA style. I've shuffled these to make it fair, and okay. we're going to go through your favorite uh, Star Wars characters. Now you can go very cynical. You can say which one of these two characters would win in a fight. Which one you would rather have. Uh, their own solo movie about uh, or which one, et cetera. As long as you just keep the same terminology, the same methodology throughout the entire bracket. And away we go. All right, here we go. So we got Obi-Wan and you can expand on any of these. If you have any hot takes about them as well, we got Obi-Wan versus Jar Jar. Um, You know, Obi-Wan has the force. Jar Jar has um, space farts. So let's go with Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan. Jar Jar. I mean, what was what was Lucas thinking? <laughs> what if I let's 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 add a, 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 a an ethnic character, but let's just make it the most cliche, most like horrible we can possibly do it. All right, we got R two D two and Qui Gon Jinn. Let's see, R two D two or Qui Gon Jinn or, um, or Arturito Artu, as he's known. Arturito. As uh, Diego Luna calls him, um, you know, I would say you know Qui Gon's dead, so uh, R two D two survived. 
Uh, he is in um, every piece of, it seems like he's been there for the long haul. So that's got to say something about his character. So uh, let's put uh, Artudito Gonzalez in there, brother. Is that the biggest like retcon sort of plot hole, the C-3PO, R2-D2? We want them in every movie, so we're just going to blank their brains <laughs> and do this and that. Like, I, I've almost forgotten about that. And then I rewatched like uh, episode three the other day. I was watching the end of it and I was like, oh, OK, they did blank his brain at the end of it. Like they had to add that in there to, to, to make the, the continuity, to make it, right? Yeah. To make but it they, make didn't, they, they didn't uh, erase R2, so... He's uh, he's got a lot of knowledge in there. He's got a, a really large internal USB hard drive. He's that got keeps the whole, all the all the memories. Solid state drive. Yep. You know. All right, we got Lando and three C C three PO. Sorry, Lando and three PO. Um, uh, I'm gonna pick Lando. I love C three PO, and uh, I actually really liked him in Rise of Skywalker, um, which is uh, an odd oddity for me. But uh, Lando's a, a cool cat. What was that? He had, he had like a very, he had like that that very like dramatic line. You know, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at my friends. Okay. But he should have been looking at his actual friends, not the people that he just met a couple of uh, weeks ago. Yeah, true, true, true. So you're going with Lando. Lando. How do you feel about uh, Glover's portrayal in um, in Solo? It's okay. Um, you know. I'm 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 like kind of in the middle there. Again, like you, I don't I don't hate the solo movie. I don't love it. Um, but I think there are worse Star Wars <laughs> movies out there than solo, so I'll give it some props. All right, Ashoka, uh Tano or Leia. Uh, you know, I'm an OG, I'm an OTOG, so let's uh let's put in your highness there, Princess Leia. All right. Poe or uh Mace Windu? Well, Mace is a bad motherfucker. Mm-hmm. So let's let's slide Mace in there. Which one's your life saver? It's the one that says bad motherfucker on it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. We got Count Dooku or Han Solo. Oh, man. This is a hard one. Han Solo, obviously, um, original character. But I'm going to give it to Count Dooku. He is... Uh, this is a very interesting character. I don't know. Did you see the um, the animated shorts? Was that from the Clone Wars or was that the other? Uh... No, the new ones that came out. Um, I forget what they were called. Tales of the Jedi. So uh, I have it queued, but I haven't watched it yet. Is that good? Yeah, it's yeah. There's there's some pretty good episodes in the middle there regarding Count Dooku and and uh, really kind of his take on on Jedi and some reasons why he kind of left the Jedi order and stuff like that. It uh, deepens his character a little bit. It's uh, highly recommended. I will check that out. Kylo Ren or uh, Captain Phasma, who was underused. Very much underused. Um, Let's not fall into that trap. Let's, uh, let's put in Captain Phasma and see where we go from there. Kylo Ren is, uh, is a confused individual. Let's uh, let's not confuse him anymore. It's like a emo Vader. Emo Sorry. Vader, absolutely. Sorry like that. All right, we got Nien Num or Darth Vader. Well, um, if you can see from the image behind me, um, okay. I would get uh, slaughtered if I said anything but Darth Vader. All right, we got Yoda or Orson Krennic. 
Oh, interesting. I love Orson Krennic. I love Yoda, but let's put in Orson, um, masterfully played by uh, what's his name? Absolutely. In I remember one. what's his name in Rogue One that played yep. the guy. <laughs> and that one movie and he was also in the other thing we all remember him with uh, with brad pitt i remember him for that uh killing them softly right he was in killing them softly he was one of the two uh one of the two thugs i think yeah if i'm not mistaken yeah uh we got admiral akbar or darth maul um let's put in darth maul i think uh darth maul is a pretty cool character uh, created, uh, co-created by Mr. George Lucas and Dave Filoni for the Clone Wars, uh, brought him back. He's, uh, he's had quite a journey, Mr. Darth Maul. Coolest lightsaber. Yeah. Who doesn't uh, remember that double-bladed saber? I mean, and, and it's more practical than the side ones that, uh, Kylo has. That was just, that's just dangerous. That's mm-hmm. just uh, that's just poor placement. All right, we got Finn or Jango Fett. You know, Finn cries a lot. <laughs> Every shot he's in, he's running towards the camera and he's yelling something. Uh, muy llorón. Llorón. Let's go with Jango. Let's go with Jango. You know what he's crying about now? Getting knocked out of this bracket. Yeah. Uh, Mon Mothma or Chewie. Oh man, another classic character. From the original film, uh, Mon Mothma came in later in Return of the Jedi. Not one of your favorites, but still part of the OT. Let's go with uh, let's uh, let's play it dangerous. Let's go with Mon Mothma. Her performance, uh, the actress's performance in Andor, um, has me very very excited. Yeah. It brought in the character for sure. Um, yeah. Was the was the Chewy death fake out sort of? Because I think at that point I was like, are they actually raising the stakes? Because you know all these characters have plot armor. You know, it's it's almost like there's no stakes. There's there there's no stakes for the main sure. characters in some of these franchises. So and and when they say, oh, we're gonna do it, we're gonna we're gonna be like Game of Thrones, we're gonna kill people, and it's always a side character. It's never somebody that's important. Right. Um, do you think that was a mischance by Star Wars, or do you think that the corporate overlords would never let them do something like that? Well, it's interesting because if you uh, if you remember the production art, the concept art that came out before the movie came out, um, or no, actually it came out afterwards because they didn't mm-hmm. want to ruin stuff, but there were some really heavy emotional scenes of uh, of Chewie being tortured by uh, Kylo Ren. Um but the fake out didn't work because I think I saw Chewie get into one um, shuttle. And then when they both took off, she destroyed the one that he wasn't on. And I remember people in the theater going, oh, my God, Chewie. I'm like, didn't you guys just see him like he got into the other? He's alive. Yeah. yeah. I saw the license plate. Exactly. So, yeah, it, it didn't uh, it didn't work for me. Um, and, you know, people were I think maybe people were expecting it because Han was uh, was dead um, at that point, I think. And. Um, yeah, it was you know, the ending. And, I mean, if there was a time to do it, right? Yeah. I mean, the expanded universe, they killed Chewbacca off. Also, uh, he keeps uh, he keeps getting killed. I don't know. I mean, maybe he's part cat. He's got all that extra lives. All right. Yeah. We got Cassian or Sagarera. 
Oh man. You know, um, one of the things that I really enjoyed about rogue one, um, was, uh, saw Guerrera and his character. And obviously the first live action slash animation transfer from the clone wars. Um, I'm going to have to go with saw. I love Cassian Diego Luna's my man, but, uh, let's, uh, put saw in there. Cause he is, uh, he's a terrifying character when you come down to it. You know, he takes no prisoners. He doesn't care about collateral damage when he, uh, when he's on a mission, there's some of the stuff in the comic books and the novels um, would surprise you when it comes That's, to his tactics. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, they 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 they, they tamed it down in in Rogue and 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 in Andor, obviously. Yeah, though, and I'm hoping to see something. Extreme. Yeah, yeah, I'm hoping to see some uh, some more Sagarera techniques and. In season two of Andor, so you're deep into like the canon, the books, and stuff like that, though, right? You've you've kind of checked most most of that out. Yeah, yeah, for the most it's, part. I I guess I it's kind of because I I haven't been up on that, but I but for example, like House of the Dragon and and Game mm-hmm. of Thrones, I was a sure. you know a, a book reader, so I'm always interested. Oh, are they? How are they going to do doing? this? How are they going to sure. do that? How are they going to do that? Oh, that's an interesting choice. So yeah, uh, I I feel it. Um, also, Ghost Dog, where the warrior. Oh my God! Uh, yeah, uh, you know, fucking Forrest Whitaker is a monster, man. Last King of Scotland. Uh, yeah. Obviously, you want an Oscar for that. Um, Jin Urso uh, or Supreme Leader Snoke. Jin Urso. Jin Urso. No contest. No, no, no contest. Didn't the actress sort of go a little nuts or start saying a bunch of weird stuff or something like that? Or am I am I thinking of somebody else? No, she was no. also in the. Uh, that's uh Tom Hanks movie, right? With the 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 one with the puzzles. I haven't seen I haven't the, seen not, not the Da Vinci Code, the one one of the ones that came afterwards. She was one of the she was an actress in one of those. Oh, I don't remember her in that one. Okay. Uh so we got Boba, fat, let me see. Or uh Palpatine. Palpatine is a master manipulator, um, and uh, man, he plays the long game. So there's no uh, there's no reason not to keep him in the brackets there. So he makes with- it. He makes it back somehow. Somehow, somehow, yeah. somehow he made it time back time and time again. All right, and I enjoyed this. Uh, if we're if we're ranking all the robots, all yeah. the droids from from Star Wars, I think uh, K two. Uh, has to be up there just because of his attitude. Sure. And you got then you got Arturito, obviously, but the the new one from from Andor, I don't even know their name. Uh, that one's that Bimo. Awesome. Bimo. Yeah. And then you have obviously the sex robot from Solo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which, yeah. We don't talk about robot sex, um, but uh, I mean maybe that's what Disney saw. I was like, yeah, we can't do. Because then they're going to want to see fans are going to want to see the robot sex, and we can't do it. Uh, so let's just let's just let's just make it like a really horrible <laughs> twist, and let's just trap that robot that was all about robot rights and trap her in the computer for the rest of the time. Uh, again, <laughs> yeah, it's a dark a dark twist. All right, uh, but of course, uh, everyone's favorite Luke. Um, you know, well, this maybe is not, the, maybe not everyone's. This is going to be the rematch of the century. Uh, they uh, they had their first battle in Return of the Jedi. Uh, looks like they're going to have another battle here. I uh, in your bracket. So Palpatine and Luke Skywalker. All right, let's get right to it. Palpatine or Luke? 
Oh. Palpatine. Palpatine. Jin. I'm dark side, baby. I'm dark side. Sagarera. Let's go through this. Sagarera. Sagarera. Mon. Uh, Mon. Orson or Darth. Let's uh let's give Orson a, a crank. Vader or Phasma? Vader. Windu or Dooku? Dooku. Lando or Leia? Leia. Obi-Wan or Arturito? Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan versus the young oh, Obi-Wan versus Princess Leia. Leia. Dooku and Vader. Vader. That'd be a great fight to see though. I like that. I like to, I like to yeah. see that in MMA. That'd be an interesting one. Yeah. Uh, Krennic or Mothma? Oh, that's a good one. Um, uh, Mothma. Guerrero or Palpatine? Oh, again, you know, the Clone Wars had some really great scenes with Mon Mothma and Saw Guerrero, so let's put in Saw. All right, and then we're final four here with Ro from the Red 5 Network and Scarith Podcast. Uh, Scarif Scuttlebutt, Leia or Vader? Vader. Father versus daughter, Vader. Daughter, yep. And uh, that's not Mon awkward. Mothma and Guerrera. <laughs> um, that's this whole subcategory on certain websites. Yeah. <laughs> Sagarera. Sagarera. And in the final battle, Vader. Versus Forrest Whitaker. Well, this is interesting because um, Saw Gerrera uh, mimics a lot of what uh, Vader is all about, uh, even physically. He, Saw Gerrera was consumed by his anger, his rage after the loss of his sister in the Clone Wars on the Onderon arc. That story uh, played out. He was uh, looking to find an excuse as to... Uh, you know, what the Empire was was trying to to build. Um, Darth Vader, obviously, he was consumed by the dark side, trying to find answers as to the question of immortality. He wanted to bring um, Padme back. Uh, this would be a good, uh, this would be a good fight. Um, but uh, again, you know, if Anakin was not injured, Anakin probably would have been one of the most powerful Siths in history. Um, Palpatine saw it many, many years ago and uh, groomed Anakin to be his apprentice. Unfortunately, his injuries got in the way, but he was still pretty damn powerful in the Force, in the dark side. So uh, my pick will be Darth Vader. Darth Vader, uh, you know, it's not just because he's, he's standing right behind you. He's right behind you, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> not well, a surprise. <laughs> not a surprise. Not a surprise. You know what? I thought for a second, I was like, I should eliminate Vader from this uh, bracket, but I'm like, no, no, let, let, let him cook. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see how he does. Um, well, we made it. That was an awesome bracket. Um, I enjoyed talking to you about your thoughts on the on the universe and about what's coming up. I also enjoyed being on on your on your stream when when we did it. So, uh, hopefully, I will be talking to you soon, Ro. I appreciate you coming on. I'm going to talk to uh, my fans here, not my fans, well, our viewers and stuff for a little bit uh, about some end of the year stuff for the podcast. But so I'll let you go. 
but thank you very much for coming on, man. I'm sure that we'll be hopefully collaborating on stuff in the future. Wishing you happy holidays. Feliz Navidad. Happy New Year. And uh, hopefully more uh, collaborations uh, between our pods in the new year. That would be awesome. You have an open invite over at the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. Uh, love talking to you and uh, just hanging out. This has been a blast. Thank you very yeah. much for having me. Yeah. Anybody, anytime you need some people, man, just let me know so I can do my homework and, and I'll be on there. Excellent. Awesome. Awesome. All right, brother. Good night, thanks, man. Take care. Thanks for, thanks for stopping by, man. And that's right. the Scuttlebutt. And that's the Scuttlebutt. <laughs> All right. That was Roe. From Scare Scuttlebutt Podcast, you can find him by searching for Scare Scuttlebutt um, on Twitter. I tagged him. I'll tag him as well in the intro to the podcast. So, what's up, everybody? Lots of stuff happening into the year. We weren't even supposed. I wasn't even supposed to be here today. We weren't even supposed to stream today. Um, but I thought I wanted to get an end of year message out to everybody and uh ro was nice enough to come on the pod it has been a yeah, so we can see the fire there there you go it has been a rough second half of this year uh lost my father in may everybody's been sick for the last two years it is an incredibly tough time and making and um, creating and streaming this podcast along with my co-host Sofia Carrillo when we do Mi Gente show or for the people that have joined me on Fireside Chats with Big Chief Burrito when it's been just myself is what has kept my creative juices going over the last two plus years during this pandemic. And it is what uh, and it is the important human contact that I've gotten to be able to connect with people that are like minded with the chat, with our friends, with our followers uh, with uh, Latino influencers, creatives, and people of all walks of life and races talking about all kinds of things, whether it's Kurt, Florida man, who's done our music, whether it's been people like Ro, who hosts podcasts, or Rosa, uh, or other streamers and podcasters that have come on and been creative, whether it's people um, like uh, local San Diego filmmakers that have come on to talk about movies, um, everybody. Every time that I get on and I stream, that um, is something that I look forward to. It is a way to get uh, an outlet for conversations, human connections, human interaction. And with everybody's rough time and everybody's rough year and all the stuff that I've been going through over the last six months, I am really appreciative that there has been enough positive feedback, enough downloads, enough likes, enough shares, enough subscriptions, uh, enough <clears throat> connections, um, reviews, although we could use some more, um, that has made me think that people are out there listening, watching, uh, interacting with me, with our co-host, Sofia Carrillo. Um, and it makes me uh, happy, you know, pretty simply. It has been, it's something that's helped me a lot. It's helped me get through some tough times. And it's something I enjoy doing and want to continue doing. And so I do want to wish everybody whether it's Mi Gente Show, whether it's Fireside Chats with Big Chief Burrito, whether you're part of 2AM Burrito, Team Burrito, Edwood Film School on occasion, or just everybody that's a part of my life. I want to thank you all for, for being a fan, watching, commenting, and uh, listening, subscribing, watching the shows. Um, it is means a lot to me. So 
I just wanted to end the show this week by saying that wish everybody a happy holiday. Wish everybody a happy new year. Um, hope everybody's safe. Spend time with your loved ones. If there's anything that you want us to talk about, whether it be myself, people that you think would be interesting to have on Fireside Chats, or if you know of any uh, Latino influencers, creatives, entrepreneurs that we should spotlight on Mihent the show, if you want to come on the show, that you have something to promote, if you have a product to promote, we're over 300 downloads per episode over the last uh, month. Plus, uh, some episodes are getting four or 500 downloads with streams and views and impressions. We're over a thousand per episode, sometimes up to 5,000. So we're doing all right. And uh, if you have anything to promote, if you have anything you'd like to, to, to share, events that are coming up, charities, all that good stuff, please uh, don't hesitate to reach out to myself at Big Chief Burrito on Instagram or Twitter, at Mijente Show on Instagram or Twitter, or you can go to 2AMBurrito.com um, where you can find all the links to all the 2AM Burrito properties. You can watch our old movies, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So next year, um, we will be streaming for me to show on Thursdays, hopefully a little bit earlier. And I will be doing fireside chats either on Tuesday or Wednesday as well. And hopefully we will be dropping more content and more uh, bits, clips from the show. I think I'm going to spend the holidays and my days off uh, doing some editing. Um, maybe we'll get a me hint to show TikTok and Fireside Chat TikTok. Either way, um, we'll be out there. So as always, leave a like if you watch or are listening to this. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure that you're following. Get the notification, all that good stuff so that you get notified when we go live. Um, take care. Brush your hair. We'll do better next time. We love you. I love you. Happy New Year. Happy Holidays. Big Chief Burrito, live from the Burrito Lounge with Shy Grill, Baxter, Oso. They're all here. Peace out.